Hey, I'm Pastor Dave. Welcome to the Lighthouse. We hope the Lord speaks to you today by his word. Just want to thank uh, all of you that uh, not only were there and took part in uh, whether it was receiving or ministering, but so many of you here uh, gave to help for the young, uh, for the youth to go. And um, so all of their expenses were paid. So they, yes. So just so you know, it was uh, $400 per person uh, for them to be there for the week. And our, our youth, because of you, and many of them were coming from uh, places from outside of the church uh, and uh, didn't have much uh, who has extra finances, really. Uh, but you were able to help so that they were able to go. And I just thank God for that. Thank you for uh, what you have done in giving. Uh, so let's give, let's give a hand to the Lord in all of this to use us to work through us. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're going to just pray. And, and as we do after that, I just want to dismiss the children, uh, ages uh, JK to four. Uh, into their classes this morning. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the power that you have not only to save us and, and not just to transform us, but Lord, to work through us. Lord, you work on us and you work through us. And this, uh, this morning, I pray that there would be a continued changing as we receive from you your word and your spirit Lord, and as we surrender to you, uh, we receive your will to be accomplished in our lives, regardless of whether we are very young or very old or in, in between. It does not matter, Lord. You have uh, a plan for us individually, and we, you have a plan for us together as the body of Christ, each member doing what it's supposed to. Lord, we just thank you for that. We give you all the praise and the glory. We, we submit to you. We commit ourselves to you. Uh, Jesus be our Lord, and that there would be uh, some amazing things done even this morning as we hear your word. And everyone says, amen, amen. Praise the Lord. So I've started this series. If you didn't catch, uh, weren't here last week, uh, you can catch it online at lighthouseniagara.com. And uh, it's, I'm calling it the Hope in Darkness series. And... Um, Last week, we, we talked about some of the things, some of the definitions of what it is to be in the light and, and to be in darkness and uh, to have hope uh, and how that can happen. We talked uh, much about sin. Sin, when we operate in sin as, as unbelievers, we're, we're already in darkness. But as believers, if there is the practice of sin in our life, uh, this is extremely detrimental to us. And I, I'm going to say this right off the bat. I've, I've said it, and it may uh, not be something you want to hear. It definitely won't tickle your ears. But uh, in light of Jesus coming and his return, which is very near, if we are practicing sin willfully, I'll tell you, when the trumpet sounds, you will not make it. I know this is, uh, it might be uncomfortable for you, but as a pastor, I would not be doing my task as someone overseeing the flock to say that, hey, you're okay. Just be a good person and, you know, all right, you're, you're living in sin. That's okay. Just continue to live in sin. If we are practicing sin willfully, it says in Galatians 5, and we will not inherit the kingdom of God. So, there is something about darkness. Jesus, in one of the most powerful verses, speaks of the fact that we have life through him. And he says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish 
but have everlasting life. The next verse goes on to say, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So there is this already uh, uh, this, this idea of the fact that salvation is necessary. Not just the idea, but the reality that salvation is necessary. And it goes on to say that, that even as people come into the light of who Jesus is, they come into the light, and I sort of demonstrated this last week. When I come into the light, I can see right away if there's any issue on my being. If I'm in the darkness, if I step out into darkness, there's, I don't see where I'm at. In fact, those that, it says those as they come into the light, and if there's not a, a dealing with the sin, there will be a hanging on to it, and they go back into darkness because they don't want to deal with their sin. In fact, it, it talks about the, that they rather enjoy. They, they hang on to the, the practice of sin. But if we come into the light, the truth of who Jesus Christ is, and we allow there to be a work in our life of taking care of the sin and a dealing with the sin, we get into a place of being in the light. And so we're going we're gonna to continue on some of this, uh, coming off of this, this thing of darkness and being light. We can either be children of, of light or we'll be children of darkness. We cannot be both. You can't be a child of light and a child of darkness. You cannot be both. Now, we can be, we are living in darkness, but if we are children of light, there is light in the darkness. As we deal with our sin, we can get to a place of light. And there is only one way. There is only one way that that happens. And I want to share that with you. It is, in a nutshell, it is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ and the, the finished work that he has done for us. So, I know this, sometimes we think, Pastor, you know what? I don't want to hear this. There are people that sometimes they, they will run from hearing the truth of where they're at. They don't want to deal with things. And I'm telling you, when Jesus comes and returns, we will not have time to make things right. We need to be ready beforehand. So today is not just dealing about sin, but it's dealing with negative circumstances or situations that you may be going through. You say, I am so overwhelmed. I don't know if I'm going to make it through. I want you to know today that you can make it through any situation. You do not have to be afraid. You do not have to fear. You can make it through any situation. And even when it comes to this thing of dealing with sin or when it comes to dealing with unbelief, Sometimes when we're, we're fear, fearful or have anxiety, it's because we have unbelief or doubt in our minds. And so the doubt and the unbelief is, can God really see me through? Am I going to make it through this, this circumstance, this situation, whatever it may be? Can I make it through this? And the Lord is saying, yes, you can make it through as your faith is in me. We can make it through every situation. The enemy would like for us to keep our eyes focused on the mountains, the obstacles, the, the, the fear or anxiety that, that envelops the impossible that would be impossible for us. And, and so we, we go through this, this thing of, of having fear and anxiety. But the Lord is saying you can have hope in the darkest of times. And so today, we want to look at 
being children of light, and especially in dark situations, in dark times, in dark places, to be children of light. Started off the service reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It talks about who we are. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a, a holy nation, a peculiar people. And the Lord has called us. He's taken us out of darkness. And it says that we should proclaim the praises of him who has taken us out of darkness and put us into his marvelous light. There would be a praise that goes up to him. There would be a glorifying of him because he has brought us into light and even given us that which is of light so that we can, be, that we can see where we're going. It does not take much light to see where you're going when you're in darkness or in dark situations or difficult situations. So if you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to be going off of two main passages, one in Romans chapter 13, verse, from verse 11, and the second one from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, from verse 1. And once again, today's message is, uh, is part of a series entitled the Hope, Hope in Darkness series. And today I just would entitle this Children of Light be a son of light, to be a daughter of light. So Romans 13, verse 11 says, And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. We need to wake up. I spoke on this uh, a number of weeks ago on our Wednesday night, this passage, and uh, to recognize that there is not much time left. And not to, uh, to scare you or that, or, you know, but rather you're ready. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. What day? The day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is at hand. Right now, yes, the night We've been going through the thing of, of night, if you would. But it says the night is far spent. The day is at hand. It is near. Now, there's instruction given. It says, therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Praise God. So there's a few things that we must do that God will not do for you. But we have the opportunity that these things can be rid of. It says, let us. So there's a choice that we need to make. So regarding dealing with the things of darkness, the works of darkness... The things that you might say, well, what are the works of darkness? Those are things that you would say, I don't want anybody to know about this. So they're done in darkness. They're done in secret oftentimes. And, and so we, can, we put on a, a certain facade when we come on a Sunday morning to church. But the rest of the week, we're, we're doing our own thing. And at times, there are things that are not appropriate. They are works of darkness. They are works of the flesh. There are things that are catering to the flesh. I want to say to you at this time, you say, Pastor, man, it must be great being a pastor because you don't have any issue or problems because you're a pastor. Do you know that the Word of God says that the flesh is opposed to the Spirit, uppercase S, the Spirit of God. And these two are in opposition to each other. And so I want you to know that I have the same temptations that you may have that is common to man. There's not, no sin in temptation, but the temptations, they come to cater to our flesh. That's why Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. 
It is the flesh that needs to be put down. That's why Jesus said, deny yourself. If you're going to follow me, deny yourself and take up the cross. There is a thing about daily putting down the flesh, the old man, the old nature, the things that you used to do, the things of darkness, the things that cater to the flesh that says, That's, this is what I want to have. And that is a daily thing that we need to do. Jesus said, if you're going to be my disciples, not only to deny yourself, but to daily take up the cross. There's a thing of our old man being crucified, and it says here, it says, let us. He's talking to the believer. He is talking to the person that is dealing with temptation, dealing in this world. Listen, this world is dark, and we face, you face uh, pressures, peer pressures, We had a, a talk with our, our daughter, youngest daughter is in the military. And so she was part of a, a tournament this, this weekend, baseball tournament. And uh, she doesn't really play baseball. We didn't play too much baseball. Uh, but uh, anyway, she's, she is an athlete. Things she picks things up easily. She's very competitive and 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 always wants to excel. And oftentimes when she's yeah starting something new, there's a frustration. But I, I say all of that to say this: she was with an entire team of individuals that uh, she was the only believer amongst the other eleven. I think there were twelve of them that went up. And there's other teams. But after the last game, and they actually finished third. That's pretty good, eh? They came in third, but it was out of four teams. So. <laughs> Got to see the context of what it is, right? They came in third. They got the bronze. So after... Uh, they finished, and uh, so they were done. There was this pressure. Okay, everybody, you know, hey, we're going out, we're drinking, and, and uh, everybody needs to take part. Actually, they didn't, I don't think they were even going out. They were just drinking. So everybody got to have a whatever of tequila. And so there was this, this pressure to conform. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to this world. We should not be conformed to this world. So here it is, we're, we're saying, the Lord is saying, let us, therefore let us. Paul, as he's writing this, is saying, we need to cast off the works of darkness. We should not be conformed to this world. We have a choice to make. As believers, God will never, because sometimes we pray, oh, God, help me, that I'll get through this and that and whatever. But the Lord is saying, it's a choice you make. You let go of the works of darkness. Don't, don't take part in it. It's a choice that each one of us makes. So we can do a lot of praying. The Lord is saying, you've got a choice to do or not to do. To go ahead and grab a hold of or continue on or not. So we, it says let us, it's not the Lord. It is let us cast off the works of darkness. And with that, let us put on the armor of light. A choice. So Lord, yeah, I need to get, get rid of these things in my life. And we're going to see here that even as we choose to let go of the works of darkness, and as we just don't stop there, but as we put on the armor of light, we need to put on the armor of light. It's not just one, but it's, it's doing these two things. To put on, I love 
the, the root, it's around the sense of sinking into a garment to put on. I sink in to a garment. I'm, I'm being wrapped up. I'm being clothed. I'm not naked, but I am being clothed. I'm sinking into this garment. It's just like, oh, what a relief. To put on. It says, let us put on the armor of light. Let us sink in and clothe and be enveloped in the armor, the protection of light. Because we're talking about putting off the works of the darkness. There's this sense of, if I put on the light, if I turn on the light, I see everything. When the light is off, I don't see anything. Oftentimes, that's when we start to stumble. We stumble over things because we're in darkness. And we slip. We fall. Because we're in darkness. We can't see where we're going. When we put on the armor of light, truly the light goes on, and we begin to see what is right and wrong before the Lord. And the things that are opposed to the Spirit of God, our flesh that is opposed to the Spirit of God, even as our flesh is put down and crucified daily. And let me just emphasize the fact that it is daily. So you say, man, pastor, it seems like I, I, daily I, I'm struggling with this issue. That's right. Do you think that the enemy wants you to make it? He is there to steal, kill, and destroy. That is his duty, or not his duty, that is what he does. He hates God, and he hates God's creation, and he hates you. And he's out to destroy you. And I want you to know that when we have the armor of light, we have victory over even Satan. And so we sink in. We put on this armor of light, and we sink into this armor, and there is this thing of protection. Now, you might say, Pastor, I'm not sure I, I'm getting this. You're saying you're tying in the works of darkness with the flesh. But look at what the next verse talks about. It says, let us, once again, it's a choice that we make, walk properly as in the day, not in the night, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. So here we have things catering to the flesh. We have the extremes, this lewdness and lust is catering to the sexual aspect of what you might say, why does the enemy attack us sexually? As in temptation sexual, sexually is because God has made us to be sexual beings within the confines of marriage. Not outside of marriage, but within marriage. So God has, so the enemy knows that there's a part of us, we are sexual beings, so Satan will come and he will tempt us in those areas. Lewdness and lust, these are the extremes of perversions. They're sexual in nature. It's interesting where our world is at today. Wow. So here he's talking, he's talking to the church in Rome. He's talking to the believers in Rome, and he's saying, you need to walk properly, because if you don't, it will be in revelry and drunkenness. You say, well, can, can Christians be caught up in this? I'll tell you, I cannot believe. I heard of, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of David Wilkerson, a mighty man of God. He's already gone on to be with the Lord. But he, he, he recounted uh, going to Europe. And he said they would have crusades. And he said there were problems by the time, if they had a morning service and an evening service, by the time the, the evening service came, there were issues with the pastors in Europe. I don't know about you. Well, anyways, the issue was this. 
that a lot of the pastors were drunk by the time they got to their evening service and it was socially acceptable. See, it's socially acceptable. It's interesting that there's, I don't think there's any nationality or ethnicity that doesn't have their favorite alcohol. It says, don't be drunk with wine wherein is excess. And the word drunk there is not to be drunk as an intoxicated stumbling. It says it means to become drunk. It's not just the end product. It is to become drunk. And so today, it is very acceptable and socially acceptable. Hey, I can drink. This is a thing of revelry and drunkenness. And so there's a putting aside of the things of the spirit, and there's a grabbing a hold of the things of the flesh. And so here, it's okay. It's okay. And, and the, Lord, the Lord is, by his spirit, is having Paul write, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry, and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, this last one. So the first two, the first one is more so can be just on your own. But oftentimes it's with others. All of these are oftentimes with others. And this last one, not in strife and envy, is definitely re relating to others. You have strife with others. You envy others. You envy their position. You, you covet their their their. Uh, their wealth, where they're at. Oh, man, if only I had what, you know, what Pastor Dave has. You know, life would be so easy. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. To walk properly is to make one's way, to progress, to make due use of opportunities that things will work out. To regulate one's life. This is the, the definition of the Hebrew word to walk properly or to walk. It means to regulate or bring under control into order the things of your life. It's not a free-for-all. It's not a thing, well, oh, okay, you know, I'm not around anybody else, so this is what I'm going to do now. Because I don't need to worry about anybody else. I'm on my own. I'm not hurting anybody. So... That's not the idea of walking properly. It is to bring under control, bring into order the things of our lives and the things of, of our conduct. The next part of it, not only to regulate, is to conduct oneself, to direct, to take part, to direct the performance of. So you're, you are in charge. You are leading from a position of command. This is to conduct oneself. This is the definition of the word to walk properly. And the final thing is to pass one's life. As we go through life day to day, there is a thing of walking properly. The Lord is saying, it's a choice that we make. You make that choice. You put off, cast off the works of darkness. You put on the armor of light. And you start to walk properly. Not according to the flesh. Not in the flesh. Now, final verse here. It says, but put on to sink in, to, to be clothed, to wrap, be wrapped in the Lord Jesus Christ, to make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. It is by the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I like here again, and I've pointed this out, whenever you see Lord Jesus Christ, there is this this aspect of the fact that Jesus needs to be Lord in our lives. He needs to be Lord. And once again, this is interesting. Even though we have been bought, you might say, how have we been bought? We have been bought with a high price. What did it cost? It cost the life of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It cost His life for you to be bought so that you can have life. And we're talking life eternal, to have forgiveness of your sins, to be washed clean by his blood because there is nothing else that can wash away sin but the blood of Jesus Christ. There is nothing else. 
I would say to Terry and Trish, even as they would counsel you, to, that that would be emphasized and focused. There is nothing that, that can get you clean and walking properly except the blood of Jesus Christ and as Jesus is Lord in your life. So let me read that verse again, Romans 13, verse 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Because your flesh, my flesh included, not just yours, mine, wants to do what is opposed to, the, to God, to the Spirit of God. So my stinking flesh needs to be crucified daily. Daily. All right, so we put on the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's, let's expand on this. So I want to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. I'll go through some of it very quickly, but then I'm going to hone in on a few points here in this. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 1. And just be as you're getting there, the Lord Jesus, Lord, what is a Lord? A Lord is a person or is a, a, a being, to whom a person or thing belongs, about which he has power of deciding, a master. So if Jesus is our Lord, he possesses us. We belong to him, and he has the power of deciding the things in our life. And I'll tell you right now, the things that the Lord has for you are so far beyond even the things that you may ask or think according to the power of the Holy Spirit within you. What God has for each and every one of us individually is beyond what we can ask or think. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says that we should, that, that He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. So if you're thinking, or asking, or asking God, man, I want, I need changes in my life. God is saying, oh man, you have no idea what I can do as you submit to me as Lord. Not that you would be Lord. When I'm Lord, it's like, okay, I'm in charge. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care about God and his plans for me. And I'll tell you right now, you get into a rut, you get into circles, you get into off on this amazing tangent that takes you away. Why? Because once again, Satan is very real and he'll lead you astray. That's when I'm in charge. Satan says, yeah, Dave's in charge. He's going to mess up. He's going to mess up, not just himself, but he's going to be impacting others because he's in charge. When Jesus is Lord, when he's in charge, he is able to do a work of change. He is able to do, he, in the control that we submit to him, that he is preeminent in our lives, he is able then to say, okay, now I can start to take care that my will will be fulfilled in your life. In Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And it ends off that basically that these works would be fulfilled in your life. The things that God has for you and for me are beyond anything we could possibly imagine. I just say, thank you, Lord, that we would put on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision, provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. All right, we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're talking about these days. We are talking about the time that we are in right now, but concerning the time and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. A thief, when he comes to your house, doesn't knock on the door. Hey, just want you to know I'm here to rob you. That's not how a thief comes. A thief scopes things out and, and checks schedules and routines, just trying to, to get there when there's nobody at home because he doesn't want to come announced in any way. That is how the Lord is going to come 
not to, to, well, to catch away, to take away what? His children. He's going to come like a thief in the night. He will not announce his coming or say, hey, listen. When that happens, it will be in the twinkling of an eye. It says, for when they say peace and safety, hey, everything is good. We're good. We're out of COVID now. We're good. Then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Behold, this is 1 Corinthians 15, just talking about how quickly the Lord will come. You say, well, I should be able to have a chance to get everything right. And then, you know, when he comes. It says, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51 says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep or die. When he comes, there will be many believers that are still alive when he comes. I personally believe that I'm going to be alive unless the Lord takes me home before that. I believe that I'm going to be alive when Jesus comes back. That's how near his return is. I'm going to be alive. We're going to be alive. The majority of us. It says, we shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. How fast? In the twinkling of an eye. In the blink of an eye. As fast as you blink. Like we're talking in less than a, a second. It says, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. In a twinkling of an eye. Those that are Christ will be caught up to be with the Lord that fast. So we don't have a chance. We need to be ready for his return before he comes back. Going back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 4, it says, But you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. you got to be ready beforehand. It shouldn't take you as a thief. Say, oh, man, I wasn't ready. You are not in darkness if you're in the light. You will not be in darkness. You will not be, it will not overtake you as a thief. You are all sons of light and sons of the day, or children of light and children of the day, sons and daughters of the light and of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober of clear mind. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. Things about... We're talking here about being asleep spiritually. I'm asleep spiritual. Spiritually, we need to be awake because we're, it's not, we should not be in the night. Can we say, well, Pastor, I, I can't go to sleep? Yeah, you can sleep. But even as we go to sleep, recognizing that I am a child of light. I'm a child of light. And I go to bed right before the Lord. But let us who are of the day be sober, again, saying sober, of clear mind, to understand. Now here, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. So it's talking about being children of light. In Romans, it talks about putting on the armor of light. So now it's, it's, there's this reference to armor, the breastplate of faith and love. So this is not something that, you know, we can go and buy or purchase or, okay, I'm, I've got on this suit and I, I push a button and, and it just lights up. I'm a child or I'm a children of, uh, I'm a child of light and I, I'm put on, on this armor of light. That's not how it works. It says here and it gives indication that we put on, putting on the breastplate of faith and love. And as the helmet, the hope of salvation. It is about overcoming darkness. It is about being ready when the Lord comes. And so there's this aspect of it is by faith and love. So our faith in Jesus Christ and what he's done for us, and we can, we'll read of that in, in a few other uh, passages that I'll refer to. This breastplate of faith and love, our love for the Lord. Do you love the Lord? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And with that, oh, man, I can't keep all the commandments of the Lord. I can't either. But I'll tell you right now, 
Following that verse, it talks about him bringing and giving us a comfort, comforter, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you and desires to help you in all the, the different things that you would face and walk through from moment to moment in each and every day. So we put on this breastplate of faith and we love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Recognizing the Lord is always faithful. The Lord is faithful to us. He will do what he says he will do. And so when we put on the armor of God, we will be kept safe and we will have salvation. Having put on or putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. And we're not just talking a wishful thinking kind of hope. We're talking about the reality of Jesus Christ and the fact that we will have eternity with him. And on this side of heaven, to be able to know, hey, I will make it with the Lord. So this breastplate, in Ephesians 6, we read of the armor of God. And re regarding righteousness, or the breastplate, it says in verse 14, Stand therefore, having gird your, girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. What does that mean, to put on the breastplate of righteousness? We, we already know that we are putting on Jesus Christ. I want to just jump to Romans 3, verse 21, quickly. It says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. So you trying to be a good person in your own strength and following the law, the righteousness of God is revealed apart from the law. So... Let me go on, and, and, and Paul explains. So this righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed being witnessed by the law and the prophets. So all the law all pointed to this righteousness, and the prophets pointed to this righteousness of God. How can we put on this righteousness, this breastplate of righteousness? It's by faith and love. So what is this righteousness? It says, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ, to all and on all who believe. Remember, we were talking about sinking in to, to this garment. I just sink into it. I just, I'm clothed in the righteousness by faith. Now, look at, look at as I read these passages, three times it talks about through faith, by faith. All right, so listen. So this righteousness of God, you may say, how important is it? Extremely important because we are in right standing. Righteousness in God and of God allows us to be in right standing with him. So we're in right standing. doesn't matter, you know, if we've fully arrived yet to be like Jesus. We haven't arrived yet, none of us. But we're moving to be more and more like Jesus Christ. But his righteousness, the moment we give our life to Jesus, by faith, the moment we give our life to Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus is put on us. We are clothed as our faith is in Jesus. It says, so verse 22, even the righteousness of God through faith in what? In who? Through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. For there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single person, we fall short of the glory of God because we have all sinned. But it says here, being justified or being made right before God freely by his grace. It was nothing that we could do. We could just say, well, look at God. No, I'm good. I'm good enough. No, being justified, being made right before God freely by His grace. It's His favor. It's, it's unmerited. We can't buy it. It's just what God did for us through His Son, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, to be purchased by Christ Jesus through His death. And He refers to this in the next verse. Whom God set forth as a propitiation, which means a sacrifice to buy us. The only thing, by his blood. When did that happen? On the cross. And it says again, through faith, 
to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, in his patience, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Again, faith in Jesus. You might say, why am I alive as an unbeliever? It is only because God loves you. In fact, in Romans 5, verse 8, it says, God demonstrated his love for us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, going back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we recognize that the righteousness that is put on us is by faith. So make this statement of the breastplate of faith and love. The righteousness comes by faith, even as we would put our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. So let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Basically, it's the Lord is saying, as even as we put on this helmet of salvation, one of the struggles that I had the most went on right up here. And the struggle was this. Satan would come and condemn, and especially when I slipped and fell in sin. And there would be this statement made by Satan. Look at you. So here, on one hand, the things of this world and even Satan would tempt us with the things of the flesh. And after we, we fall in sin, then Satan would come and say, you call yourself a Christian? You call yourself a Christian? And there's a condemnation. You're not a, a Christian. And one of the things, the battles that took place was right up here. And for the longest time, there would be this thing of, I can be good for a certain amount of time, and I slip and sin, and there'd be that condemnation. I'd make things right with the Lord, and then I'd say, okay, I'm in the right spot, and then until the next time I sinned, and then it'd be all over again, the condemnation. And even when I was doing the right things, it'd be like, am I... Am I in the right spot? They say, Pastor, hadn't you given your life to the Lord? Yeah, I gave my life to the Lord when I was seven. I didn't go away from the Lord, or if I did, it was a very short period of time. It might have been during a time of sin or whatever. But I, I want to say this. The helmet of salvation protects the mind. It protects the head. Why is the head so important? Because... That's where our mind is, our brain is, our, the functioning of our body and the functioning of, of our direction and course of life. Everything goes on in our head. And so this thing of our salvation is being protected as we put on this helmet of salvation, the hope of salvation. The fact that we are saved and when we have that breastplate on of faith, see, there's a shifting. I'll tell you, when this became reality, reality to me, what a relief. Because, and I've said this many times, and I'll continue to say it. If your faith is in yourself to overcome, Jesus said, when it came to the kingdom of God, he said, repent and believe in the gospel. And so my thing was, I, I gave my life to the Lord. I, I asked the Lord to forgive me of my sins. I asked Jesus. I, I confessed that Jesus had died for me, and I asked him to come into my life, and I was saved powerfully as seven years of age. But as in, in the course of life, as I grew older and whatever, my thought was, I have to do everything right before the Lord. And I'm, once again, I'm, I'm not saying that to say, Oh, it's okay to do other things that are not right before the Lord. But I was, my salvation was based on my righteousness and not his righteousness. And there is a big difference. In fact, 
and I've mentioned this a few times in the last little while, the book of Job, 42 chapters, Job was dealing with the same thing. His issue, I've done everything right. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Job 13, verse 15. Though he slay me, if God, even if God would slay me, I'm going to trust in him. And the very end of that verse says, yet I want to defend my ways before him. I want to have an audience with God. I want to defend my ways. I want to defend my righteousness. I've done everything right. And when he stood before God in chapter 38, and God began to speak in chapter 38, 39, and 40, and 41, God's speaking. And when it's time for Job to begin to, God says, okay, you wanted to, to speak. What, what do you have to say? I'm giving you an opportunity. And Job says, I heard about you. I heard about you. I heard of who you were. But now I see you face to face. And I look at myself and my righteousness, and I didn't do anything wrong. In my own righteousness, it's like filthy rags. And he says, I, I abhor myself. I abhor myself. The righteousness of Jesus, when I grabbed a hold by faith, the righteousness of Jesus, the breastplate was put on by faith in love. I'm going to end love. I'm going to love the Lord by faith. I'm going to believe in who he is and what he did for us, and his righteousness begins to clothe me immediately. Because my faith goes off of me and goes to the Lord. His righteousness through faith, through faith. He is the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And I put on this hope of salvation. It takes care. As my faith is there, it takes care of my, the things of my mind. So now I can go through the day. You say, Pastor Dave, have you arrived yet and you're perfect? No, haven't arrived yet. But man, I say thank you, Lord, that I stand in righteousness. The just shall live by faith in nothing else in Jesus Christ. And what he did for us on the cross. And we, this hope of salvation says, you will make it to the end. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. Who died for us. And Paul is summarizing here. We obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, if, or if we should die, we shall live together with him for all eternity. Praise God. My heart today is that if your faith is in yourself, let it switch to Jesus Christ. Let him be Lord in your life, that you would be children of light, that the breastplate of righteousness by faith and in love is on you, that the hope of salvation is around you. Because it says in verse 11, regarding all these times, Therefore, comfort one another or each other and edify one another just as you, are, are, as you also are doing. You're already starting to do this. Can we stand together? That you would be comforted. Man, I have a comfort knowing, man, I don't have to believe in my righteousness. I, my faith is not in my righteousness. It's in his righteousness. That's on me. And so I take comfort in that, and that we would comfort one another. Listen, that we would edify. That means to build up one another. When it, you say, Pastor, when somebody comes to you, and I, I have people that come to me, and they'll, they'll confess their faults, their sin. They'll confess their sin. You say, Pastor, I'll tell you, sometimes, man, we're talking extreme. What do I do? I point them to Jesus Christ and him crucified has taken care of this thing. I don't care how heinous it is. I don't care how extreme it is. But as we confess, 
to the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, this is what, what I did, and, and he knows. And the Lord is there to cleanse us and to wash us, even as we confess, and to put us in right standing. And so even as I would deal with this, and I, I want to encourage you today, if you are in that spot, that you would be in a place to say, you know what, I'm putting my faith. Yeah, if, if you have sinned, I, I'm saying repent. Repent and believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ that says, I can take care of every single one of your sin, every single one of your situations, every single one of your circumstances. It doesn't matter where you are, what you're going through. I can take care of it because I love you. I died for you. And the work is finished on the cross that your faith would be in Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, what he did for you on that cross to comfort and to build up one another in this. So when somebody comes to you saying, I'm struggling in this area or that, let me point your, your faith back to Jesus Christ and what he did for you. He made a show of the enemy publicly in his death. In his death, he, he overcame. Re Revelations 12 verse 11 says, they overcame Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives even to the death. Even in the face of death, they overcome. I want you to be encouraged today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, I just pray right now in Jesus' name, if there's anybody here that is in that place of practicing sin and they're fighting, they don't want to continue on, they're bound. There are some that are just saying, well, I, I don't care. Lord, I just pray they would turn now, that they, there would be a fear of God that would come upon them to recognize their place because they are apart from you. And Lord, your heart and desire is that you would be, they would be with you for eternity. Lord, I just pray that there would be a repentance that takes place. Lord, those that are bound, that are chained, Lord, you said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I've come to set the captive free. And Lord, there would be a setting free. It is you that can set us free. You are the one that sets us free. By your finished work, it's already been done. And we would begin to proclaim the praises of the one that has taken us out of darkness and put us into your marvelous light. We would begin to proclaim you, Lord Jesus, to be children of light. Lord, we have choices to make today. Are we going to operate in the flesh or are we going to operate by your spirit? Are we going to operate according to our own righteousness or according to your righteousness? Lord, I pray that there's a putting off of certain things and a putting on of other things. We would do this that our faith would be in, and in you, Lord, to give hope in darkness. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. If there's anybody here that you don't know the Lord and you want to give your life to the Lord, just three things that I would have you do. Confession of your, your mouth and, of, of, and faith in your heart. Number one, confess that you are a sinner. Just simply, Lord, I'm a sinner. I know I've sinned. And recognize that because of your sin, you are apart from God. But the very next statement that you would make of faith, once again in faith, believing. But Jesus, you came and you died for me. You took all my sins upon yourself. I believe that is what will take care of my sins. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, Lord, I confess my sins even as I do. You will cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I thank you, Lord. And thirdly, that you would invite him into your life. Lord, I receive you into my life. So first, a confession of sin. Second, a confession of what he did for you on the cross that he took all your sins upon himself and he died for you. And lastly, just to allow Jesus to come into your life. And even as you would do this by faith, let someone else know. I've given my life to Jesus. I want to serve him. I want to follow him. Hallelujah.
Lord, in this coming week, next week, as we would have those individuals being baptized, they are making a public confession of their faith in your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Because even as you were raised to life, you overcame death and hell. Lord, we, are, we come to life by faith in you. And Lord, there's a confession of this faith even as we are baptized in water. It's already happened and we're making a, a confession of what has happened in, my, in our lives as we are baptized. Lord, I just pray there will be a powerful work done next week, but even this week, even right now, there will be a work done for those that are sitting on the fence or those that are in the darkness. They'll come into the light and they will see that you can forgive them. And you, you can give them life. I pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God bless each and every one. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. Just want you to know you can find full live stream services on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.